All right. Good morning. Good good afternoon. Good good evening. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, welcome to another edition of the Lighthouse Educator Development Podcast. I am Wilkie Law here with my co-founder, Mr. Kyle Krieger. Good morning. It is definitely morning. It's a it's a Saturday morning uh, in mid February. We are post Valentine's Day, which is really nice for a single dude. I got. Uh, I got uh, a buddy of mine at work school made fun of me that I called my mom on Valentine's Day. Said that that was not hey. the ki- that's not the kind of love you should have on Valentine's Day. Hey, I, I disagree because I shared with my daughter when she got in the car. We had her little stuffed animal and everything sitting in the seat when I went and picked her up to go to school, and she looked and got all bright eyes and was all excited and giddy. And I told her for the rest of your life, always remember, I am your first Valentine. So, dude, uh-huh. if my mom uh-huh. was right now, if my mom was alive, I guarantee you I would have called my mom and wished yeah. her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Absolutely, yeah. man. Absolutely, man. So, yeah. So, welcome, everybody. This is podcast number 31. Um, I know we've taken a break, kind of got crazy busy. I know I got caught up in the middle of midterms um, and that kind of, uh, but um we're at number 31 right now, and we're pushing, pushing, pushing. Our goal for this year was to make sure we hit 52. So just be on the lookout. You're going to get two a week uh, a couple of times just to make sure that we hit our goal. Um, so we're going to jump right into the podcast. We're going to have some some good topics we want to talk about today. Um, but we're going to jump right into our We Connect. Uh, if you guys have not connected with them, www. We and dot me, uh, check them out. Chat little Phil Will Wise over there, the guy that will we connect. I love these cards, I use them all the time. Um, so today we're gonna keep it kind of fun and light since it is a Saturday morning. Um, so we're gonna jump into one of the green cards, and it says, What is the best, worst, or funniest job you have ever done? What is the best? worst or funniest job you have ever done i'm gonna go worst and and that's an easy one for me um my it must have been the summer before my senior year of high school i was working for the utility company in my hometown which you know does water and sewer and electricity and my job was to go to like 150 some fire hydrants throughout Cumberland and I had I had a truck and a like industrial sandblaster so I had to drive around the whole town first and sandblast every fire hydrant to get all the paint off and then after I was done with that I had to take the truck and and get and uh then with like a spray spray paint truck like an industrial spray paint truck i had to spray paint all of them red and then after i was done spraying painting all of them red i had to go around and paint all three caps white on every single one <laughs> and it was just like every day i would get in the shower after work when i was doing the sandblasting part and there were just like sand at the bottom of the shower like that i felt like it was an inch deep every single day so, wow. and I, and I, oh, and can I say a best too? Go ahead. I, uh, best or funnest, and I'm not saying that I don't love my teaching job, but I loved 
the crew that I, that I bartended and waited tables with in college. Um, they're still some of my closest friends and that some of my favorite times, uh, was doing that in college. So I want to give a shout out to the, all the people from, uh, Boobs Brewing Company. Now that's spelled B-U-B-S in Winona, Minnesota. So if you're ever in, ever in Winona, Minnesota, go to Boobs Brewing Company. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> All right. Um, see, I was sitting there and listening the whole time you were talking. I'm trying to think of my best, worst, or funniest job. And I'll probably say my worst job ever. When I was in college, I was a... Um, I worked at, I had to do a federal work study my freshman year. So they put me, you know, they just assigned you a job to do on the campus to help supplement your tuition. And so for my federal, my, my work study, I got placed in facilities management. And my job was to clean the bathrooms and maintain the tennis courts. Well, maintain the tennis courts, which means I had to clean the bathrooms. So every morning I had to get up before class and go out and the tennis courts were open all night long. I mean, so you could go out there. There were people out there doing things that was not tennis related at all. And um, I had to clean that up the next morning. And um, probably one of the worst jobs I've ever had. You know, I was it really humbled me and made me realize how much I really wanted to do, uh, you know, get get my degree to get away from it. Um, and I say, hey, I'm not, I'm not immune to, to getting on my knees and cleaning the toilet, but I ain't no had to do it. So if I did not have to do it, I would not do it. So, but that's probably my worst job. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now with that. I'll just say that. So for sure. Uh, so yeah, again, if you haven't you, um, checked them out, check them out at www.weand.me. We connect cards. Um, chat a little bit over wise so all right so let's talk about the next segment we're going to go into is uh what's going on what's going on so Kyle what's going on in your world um what's Kyle, going on in my what's going on in my world um things are good uh we had our second to last last excuse me freshman basketball game last night got another win um we have one practice on Sunday and then our last freshman game is Monday so I'm going to still hang around with the varsity then um, and practice with them as long as they're in the tournament. But um, I really enjoyed basketball season, but I'm ready for it to kind of be done and to slow down and be able to focus on what we're doing and focus on my teaching position a little more. So that's what's going on with me. What's going on with you right now? Oh. You know, we're in the middle of, sorry, I had to take a kiss break. My wife just walked down here. Yeah, I know. I was trying to get you to admit that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, She says good morning, so. Yeah, good morning to her Um, as well. So, yeah, uh, what's going on with me right now? Um, You know, at the school, you know, we're in the middle of our um, big district reconfiguration. Uh, So, you know, we're... um, our campus is going from being a fifth and sixth grade intermediate campus to being a K, I mean, a one through five elementary school. Uh, so it'll be Stellic Elementary as of next year. Um, and I'll be honest with you, it's a little, it's it's a little, not really stressful. 
well, I guess stressful because it's, it's like an emotional stressor because, you know, most of the people at this, you know, at this campus, we've been working together for like the last 10 years. Um, and, you know, you've developed some really good friendships and out of all the teachers there, I think there's only maybe six besides some of the administrators team that are staying on campus. Everybody else is going somewhere else. Uh, so, you know, the idea of going, you know, having to reacclimate to new leadership, uh, acclimate to new um, co-workers all the way around. Um, you know, it's just, like I say, it's, it's, it's kind of emotionally stressful. And also, it's that kind of at that point to where it's like, do I, do I stay? Do I go? Do I look into something else? You know, so it's like, there's a lot of, um, hold on just a minute. Oh, <laughs> there's, I thought she had gone upstairs. There's a lot of emotional um, things going on with making the decisions of what to do. So, but that's kind of, like I said, that's kind of where we are right now with, um, with that. So, like I said, we're in full string right now. So, as of, um, we had a meeting the other day to talk about inventory, how to move stuff, what to move. So, like I said, it's just kind of um, emotionally stressful. But I'm kind of trying to keep myself focused on the main thing, which is the students and building those relationships with them. So, um, so yeah. That's that. So let's roll on to the next one. Um, next segment is what are you reading or what podcast are you listening to right now? Um, yeah, I like this one. Uh, the podcast I've been listening to a lot lately, and I think I mentioned it before, is called Cleared Hot. And it's by a guy named Andy Stump, who is a former Navy SEAL. Um, it's just really good. It, a lot of times it's just him kind of rapping about whatever is going on with him. But I, I love his attitude being that he is, you know, a former Navy SEAL. And he also, like, at one point a few years ago, set the world record for longest um, distance traveled in a wingsuit. So, like, distance traveled across, you know, the face of the earth in a wingsuit um, and raised, like, a million dollars for the Navy SEAL Foundation. So it's just... He talks a lot about grit and, you know, toughing things out and, and mentality. So I really like that. And in terms of the book I'm reading, I'm just about finished with Lewis Howes' Mask of Masculinity, which I think is going to be very um, uh, pertinent to the conversation we're about to have with what happened in Florida. All right. I'm gonna have to get that. I've, 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 um, you know, I watched uh, Lewis Howe's School of Greatness, and um, he was talking about the book the other day, and I said I'm gonna have to go ahead and uh, download it and get it. I'm gonna have to write it down so I don't forget. You know, once you get to a certain age, you kind of have to write things down to remember them. Yeah. But I think any age should really write things down because it kind of yeah. makes it real and it forces you to have to go back and pay attention to what you do. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll send it to you when I'm done. <laughs> All right. Um, right now for me, um, I'm, I mean, I'm really, there's really only one podcast that I'm currently listening to, I would probably say on a frequent basis is... Um, uh, E.T. Um, and, um, you know, the E.T. Uh, podcast. Secrets to Success. Thomas, Secrets to Success. Um, 
that's the only one because I just don't really have time <laughs> to uh, do much. But I, you know, like I say, I always got to get my ET fix in, um, listening to some of the things that they're doing, um, especially now with him focusing in on his school days project um, where they're doing the t- tour and just going and, you know, really kind of adopting schools with their school, di- school days program. Um, which is so much similar to what we're trying to do um, in the same vein. Uh, so it's just good to kind of hear what's going on in their lives and kind of get different perspectives from people. Um, like I told somebody the other day, you know, education is across the board an issue across America. It's not just it's not just a localized issue. It's it's issue globally, and, and we you know we saw that even in New Mexico that that was the case. So uh, we know with the lady from South Africa. Uh, saying the issues they face down there. So mm-hmm. um, I've been, like I said, that the Secrets of Success podcast. And what I'm reading right now is uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Um, I, I remember giving this book a glance over because I actually have the book and never really finished it. So I started listening to the audible version. And so it's really got me engaged. It's, I mean, like I say, I'm locked in, dialed in on it. Um, I just finished the three laws of performance, which is a great book um, by Zafron. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at right now, besides all the, you know, required readings that I have to do for, for school, but that was not even going to count those. So, Let's jump right into uh, now um, talking about the issues over in Parkland, Florida. Let's kind of talk about that. So where are you at with that? You know, it's, I don't know that I necessarily feel scared at school, but it, I think the thing that strikes me the most about that is, you know, the 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 fact that Parkland was just voted the safest city in Florida. You know, and that's hard. But but I think to the fact, I, I think this one especially is really shedding a light on the fa- on that there are warning signs. And I think the most troubling thing that's going to come from this one is the fact that warning signs were missed and admittedly so the FBI had tips and didn't follow up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just kind of, I, um, you know, when the story broke, my, 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 my initial reaction was just, just one of horror. Um, Number one, because it marked the 18th school violence crime this year. The 18th act of, of school violence, of prep, you know, perpetrated on uh, in the United States this school year. This, I mean, this year since January. That is that is a ridiculous number uh, when you think about it. Um, and um, you know, one of the things that you know, over in uh, at Concordia University, um, they just started their program, the three to PhD program, uh, implementing in the uh, their um, 
school model, public school model, and one of the things they emphasize in it is mental health. And they try to make sure that they focus on all aspects of the child. Um, and I think that is one in, in most communities that kind of gets pushed under the rug because of the stigma um, of mental illness. But it's definitely one that I believe should probably be put on the on, on the front on the front on the front eye because you know that there are signs, and 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 when there are signs, it's 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 part of your responsibility to to address it because and not only for the people who are the potential victims, but for the the perpetrator themselves because you're saving them from something that really and honestly they don't want to do, but because of some type of you know, misconnection. This is what do you know? This is what takes place, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a real harsh reality that that that's something that you know, teachers and students, you know, parents didn't know this is the last time I'm gonna say, t- kiss my kid goodbye before they go to school, or this is the last time you know I'm gonna make this drive. You know, it's just like I say, and being an educator, you know, we. Um, it hits it hit home because you start looking at your own student just thinking, you know, what if this was here? You know, what was what if this was here and you know, these stories that are incomplete right now. I mean it's just heartbreaking and um Yeah. It's just like I say, man, it just really um you hit it on the head when you say you gotta know the signs. And I think if we're more educated in knowing the signs and reacting and responding to those signs in appropriate manners and not just leaving things for chance. You know, um, I always use the analogy to tell people if I was building a home on the coast, I don't want for a, you know, hurricane to come through category four, category five storm and blow my house off. But I want to make sure that the home is prepared for that. And I think that that's something in preparedness that we have to put a strong, strong lens on is how are we preparing teachers, administrators, uh, district officials, and public officials, you know, with the FBI to take these matters and really look at them seriously and and and, and fine-tooth comb them. And that, granted, is it a lot? Absolutely is it a lot. You know, with the number of schools that we have going across this country and the number of issues we have, again, 18 18 times we've seen this already. But if we would start looking at it, what, what, is the, what are the benefits in the long run from, from a prepared populace focused in on knowing those signs of that? So, you know, you start looking and wondering, you know, at what point are you going to... We, we just talked about human capital, you know, the value of human capital. Now, you know, you have... You know, 17 lives that have been families that are going to be decimated because of this situation. What's the value that you can place on that? You know, we put resources into so much, you know, military spending and, you know, um, prisons, you know, mass incarceration. You know, you there's so much big business on this. Why not turn that those fundings into for preparation for for our future instead of praying so much for the mistakes? So, um yeah, man, like I said, my heart goes out to all of those out there in Parkland, and uh, our prayers are with you guys. Um, we do know that everything happens for a reason, and although it's hard to, you know, um, 
it's hard to swallow. You know, we just got news in our family that um, one of our aunts uh, passed away uh, last week, uh, this week. And it was hard to get really sad and emotional because she was over 100 years old. So that, she's lived a life. Yeah, she's going to be missed, you know, and everything. But she lived 100 years. But these kids, as young as 14 years old, hadn't even begun to tell his story. Um, probably hadn't even really understood the subject matter that he's going to be telling and already gone. So, yeah. So what do you, what do you make of the, the government response? Cause I think that's a huge, I think there's as much dialogue about the government response as there is the actual event. You know, I think that, I try not to get into, I want to wait until everything comes out and, and really pay attention to what's going on. But I think that in any situation like this, um, everybody's looking to, to put a finger at somebody um, or to point a, point a finger at what could have stopped it or what could have done it. Um, and I think it's just, it's, we know there's a, there's a, there's a flaw in this system. Every system has its flaws. You know, education is 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 it's splintering very very bad, bad. and it's it's almost ra- more rapidly now than than before. So to say that you know, could the FBI responded differently? Yes. Could there? You know, what what was the what was the reason for the slothful you know response? What was the reason for them kind of? not paying attention to it. Did they write it off as something that's, you know what I mean? It's like a lot that you just don't know. Did they have the funding to allocate to someone to do that? You know what I mean? It's like, don't know where that is, won't know until that comes out. It's just, my my only focus is just these families that have been decimated. Like, I don't, I try not to, I'll let that evidence comes out as it comes and and present itself, but I've really just been focusing on, on the people. Oh, the human yeah. Of it. Yeah. I mean, but the, I guess the question I was asking, maybe I should have clarified this is, you know, now in terms of the, the debate over gun laws is more what I meant in terms of government, the way that, you know, there are people who are saying, you know, they've said it's not the right time, you know, how many times in the last few months after Las Vegas and, you know, mm-hmm. more that because I heard people starting to talk about you know, people bring up the idea that teachers should carry. You know, and and knowing that well, we are—I'll be honest with you—I—I I, I am a proponent for teachers carrying. I don't think every teacher should, but I think every campus should have dedicated teachers that they trust, that have gone through the proper training, um, who are, um, you know, districts could put in place tactical trainings to show teachers. Uh, train a force of teachers to say, okay, we're going to have four teachers on this campus who's going to be, whose sole focus is to centralize the campus and protect the campus at all costs. Gladly give me a flak jacket, some magazines and and my my side piece. And I will actually, you know what I mean? Like I can, I can commit myself to the safety of my children that way. Um, Willy nilly opening laws up to say any teacher could do it. I think that that'd be a misjudgment. Uh, but allowing teachers who are who 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 are willing to commit themselves to that 
to receiving that law enforcement training, to understanding the sensitivity of situations, I think it could definitely benefit our schools. I mean, think about it. If six Marines can be trained to go and take an entire city, you're telling me that, you know, four to four to five t- team of four to five teachers who are trained and, and, and drill on doing this can't collect students into one location and protect them in case of a situation like that and neutralize a threat. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I believe yeah. that could happen. Yeah. But again, it can't be a knee jerk reaction to something. And I think that's my issue with people is that they use moments of strategy as to say, okay, now I'll stand on my soapbox. No, we've been talking about the struggles in education and and doing this for the last three years and been making our voice very clear on where we think it is. We're not waiting for it to fall apart. We're having the conversations during so that you can't, you don't want to be reactive. You want to be proactive. What can you put in place right now that's going to make the biggest difference and it's going to have an impact on, on student safety and on student lives? Um, and again, it goes back to that value situation. You know, what do you value most? You know, you, you invest money into testing, but you don't want to put money into protection and safety. You know, I think they said something like only less than 10% of the schools uh, in the United States have metal detectors. That blew my mind because in the district we're in, most of our campuses have uh, metal detectors. I mean, you can't, short of breaking a glass window, or something or a door being breached you know from the inside in order for, to get into most campuses in our district you you have to go through a campus monitor who then has to release you through another set of doors so to tell me that that, that we're amongst the 10 percent in the united states that 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 does that tells me that number one i feel a lot better about my district you know and, they, and how they feel about student safety uh and also um what does that say about everything else? That 90% of the people feel like this is not an issue? But now, again, knee-jerk now will be, oh, we got to react to this because this is a big deal, and we want to lobby for gun uh, stiffer gun laws and stiffer this. And I think that's just not the right – no, I don't think that's the right time. The right time should have been already taking place. You should have already right. been in this debate. This is not – this is just another statistic to put in there to say – okay, because we have not done this, this is the results of that. Yeah, you know, and, and I like what you said. Um, I don't know that I I could say one way or the other whether I think it, a teacher should be able to carry, but I think if a teacher were going to carry, it would they would need to have, like you said, that high, high level of tactical training and not just a one-time training, like continuously they would need to be drilling so they knew because the people I brought up you know, that I was talking with brought up, you know, like if you let all teachers carry, how long is it going to be before some teacher who's not well versed in it and doesn't understand, you know, like that to where a, a gun becomes a threat to a child's safety when, you know, someone who may not be trained, you know, just pulls out a weapon randomly you know, and you hate to think that 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 would happen, but right. That's why I say I, I I don't agree in opening up and saying all teachers should be able to to carry, but I do believe in districts populating a a, a core group of of think about it. If you have this at every campus, right? 
Think about it. You have this at every single campus. Now you've just created your own tactical teams that can practice and drill with one another and keep each other sharp throughout the school year. Just like the military go through training. Think about how many retired military soldiers who believe in our cause and what we're doing in education who would gladly say, hey, look, you know, we'll go train. We'll go train teachers how, how to make sure they can clear a building. Let's talk about how, how to move people into a safe area when you have a team of people. Let's teach them how to, how to move people in cargo and transit. Let's teach them how to secure a room. You know, right. let's teach them how to neutralize a threat. Dude, I 100% believe that, we sh- that that is something, if they're going to talk about teachers carrying, that should be the conversation, not open carry for teachers. No. Yeah, I mean, there are enough unstable teachers. I mean, there's enough unstable teachers as it is. It should be a, a, a trained populace of teachers who agree to risk their lives, not just caring because I want to protect myself, but saying I'm willing to risk my life for the safety of my students if an event this happens. Yeah, and I, th- I think Absolutely. you make a good point right there is that we would have to make sure it was to protect the students first as opposed to protecting oneself first. And, you know, you would hope that if you had, you know, something like a response team or a crisis team that it, you know, they don't have to hold people off for an hour. You know, you just have to hold people off long enough that the authorities can get in and, and do what they're trained to do. You know, it's, it's, it's not, and it's it's so funny because we were the you know not even a month ago the police chief for our town came and gave a little presentation and it was this short video talking about you know like uh you know a kid who was you know having warning signs and the kid who was giving the warning signs wasn't wasn't the main character in the video but you know like he was reading gun magazines and there were guns all over his instagram and and none of us really picked it up because we weren't focused on that peripheral student. We were just focused on the main student who was, mm-hmm. you know, in the video. And I just, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a hard conversation. And I was really um, surprised and not in a negative way. I feel like it's a positive way how many students from that school were very open to speak to the media and speak very directly to their politicians about what they thought should happen. And I remember the hearing the one the one kid and I don't recall his name saying, you know, my generation's not gonna stand for this. Like we're not gonna be the generation that this continues to happen, you know, like you said, once a week or once every three days statistically. I mean we're only 17 days into February. Right. So. Right. It's, um, you know, it's, 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 it's alarming that we need to really start paying attention to, um, paying attention to what's going on. I mean, the writing's on the wall. Um, and again, you know, the, the focus that of my thesis for the from a master's program was on those teacher preparedness programs. You know, in, in universities, what are we doing in the university to, to adequately equip teachers? You know, I, I just really think about when you're doing uh, focused, 
focused uh, schools, you have schools that are focused on education, then how, 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 how in-depth are we really looking at the educational system in reality? Or are we just teaching from a still and theoretical standpoint? You know, again, I believe in the theoretical. I believe you have to have that. But there's, there's some, some things, some practical things that I think once you've been out of the classroom for a while and you've been so removed from the classroom that you lose that. You know, I love talking when I talked with um, Dr. Kathy Seeley from the University of Texas. Um, and she said that, you know, every, every year she goes back and volunteers and teaches. And she's a professor emeritus at, at University of Texas. And she still goes back to, to remain relevant in, um, in education. So I think it's just important for those who are, who are teaching and those who are making policy if you're making a policy on education, then some of your time needs to be serving your, your, your constituents in those classrooms. Go into the schools, talk to the administrators, talk to the students, talk to the parents in the schools so that you can see what's going on in the schools and you can make the decision. You know, but to sit here and um, make decisions based off of theory and, and what they say may work. Yeah. Did you did you find yourself having conversations with students about it, about the shooting after it happened? Well, I did. What happened was I actually showed. Um, we were watching uh, CNN ten student news. I was actually subbing in a class the the day after, um, and they um, the students brought it up when we started talking about it. Uh, when they talked about it in the news and afterwards, you know, I always give them opportunity to, to have comments or questions. And um, the students talked about it a lot and kind of, you know, we kind of had the question about what would you do if you saw a friend who all of a sudden changed their personality that, you know, you notice that, you know, where they used to be kind of friendly now, all of a sudden they're withdrawn. Or do you tell somebody? Do you ask them what's going on? You know, are you curious? And you know, some of the kids were surprised when they say, you know, we don't we don't really pay attention to it like that. And I was like, you know, that was an eye opener for them that, you know, how things can be prevented. You know, and that was one of the things I talked to them. I said, you know, I said, y'all call it snitching. It's not really snitching when you're texting somebody. I said, that's like, I said, you know, think about if you saw someone breaking into your wella or your wella's house, your wella or your wella's house, you know, or they're breaking into your theos or your uncles or your aunts. What what would you do? Oh, I would do this, do this, this. Why? Because you want to prevent it from happening. I say, and it's the same thing. You don't consider that snitching. You consider that prevention. And, you know, so we kind of had, like I say, it was a good conversation about it. How about you over there? Are the kids? Because um, I know y'all had a pretty rough year already. Yeah. You know, and, and that's part of it, too. We've, at the high school, we lost um, one student in a car accident and we lost another student student due to suicide and then there was a young elementary girl that was um, killed when she was hit while uh, she rode her bike out into the street and was hit and killed so I mean it's it's been a rough year in terms of that and I mean I didn't have any real direct conversations with students about it um, you know it was more teachers talking about it but you know, just just seeing what the two kids have done to our school, I can't imagine. You know what 
the loss of 17 kids in one day, or I shouldn't say 17 kids, but 17 people in one day, like how, how do you walk those halls knowing what was there? No, knowing what's happened in those halls, how do you, how do you go back and, and normalize and, and try to just get back into a routine in a place where you know that that's happened? Right. And, you know, I, I was watching a good interview the other day about um, what, they, what they were talking about. Because, you know, this was right on the heels of um, um, the anniversary for the Sandy Hook mm-hmm. um, uh, school shooting um, a few years back. And, um, and they were kind of talking about that, you know, how do you get that sense of normalcy to, uh, to return? So... Um, so you're absolutely right, man. That's that's a difficult. Um, like I said, as an educator, I, I I was walking the halls thinking that same thing to myself. You know, how do you recover from that? How you know how do you recoup that? Um, so yeah, man. But, it, yeah. The, you know the thing that I noticed in our kids were so amazing after our incidents. Like the degree of empathy and caring and love they had for each other, um, you know, it it's almost hard now that we don't see it on the daily because we have seen it, and you know, a lot of it it's it's sort of like, and I'm not trying to make light of, you know, what J.J. Watt did, but I remember listening to J.J. Watt talk about, you know, in the worst times, that's when you see the best of people. You know, and and I haven't read enough to know, but I I'm I, from what I understand, there's a lot of. I mean, the kid who was in ROTC and found a Kevlar blanket or a Kevlar sheet and held it up and protected a bunch of students and saved a bunch of students. I mean, there's so many of those instances that, um, you know, are there that you see good and, you know, another another argument or I don't want to say argument, another discussion that. I had with people I work with is, you know, whether we should be releasing the the perpetrator's name and picture and whether if we, you know, stopped naming those people and face giving those people a face and making them the center of the story, whether that would kind of curb some of these incidents because a lot of these kids want the attention and they, they seek out that attention. Uh-oh. So... Yeah. But yeah, man, that's, I don't know about people. I mean, the news broadcasts what people want to see. Yeah. You know, I don't think it really has any relevance. Um, Yeah. I can say it's just, it's, you know, here in Texas, I think the day after we had like three incidents of kids taking guns to school. Um, two in Fort Worth and one here in Houston uh, that were caught with guns at school. Um, so, I mean, like I say, it's, it's it's scary. It's really scary. And that's, I think that's what we really should try to be trying to avoid is having students feel like in order for me to come to school and be safe, I have to protect myself. You know, and I think if there was a presence that let them know that you know you're taken care of, 
then I think it I think it'll change things. But mm-hmm. yeah, man. So again, our heart goes out to those seventeen people. Uh, you know, as I was reading some of the stories, um, the teachers who were you know shielding students, uh, students shielding students. Um, it it. it it reminds you that even in the face of all that, that, that teachers still are doing what they're doing. We, we, we have a selfless job. We give up so much of ourselves, of our own families, to, to better the lives of, of other people and, and other families. And um, these teachers that gave up their lives, uh, I believe there were four. Um, and... Um, Yeah, you know, they, they serving, serving, continual serving. And I think, you know, teachers all over should just, you know, just look at their students differently and understand that, you know, this is, it could be, it could be prevented. It could definitely be prevented. And um, we don't, we don't have to keep going down this track. We can change by connecting with our kids and making sure that we um, Pay attention to what they're doing and what they're saying and who they're saying it to. And, um, you know, I st- you know, we talked about my, um, we were talking about the, you know, the effects of social media on kids now today. Um, that increased pressure to be liked, to be followed, to be subscribed to, you know, um, the rejection that takes place as a result of, you know, it's just so much, man. It's just so much. Like, should there be stiffer, you know, if you're going to talk about gun laws, should there be stronger, stronger things to say that you have to confirm your age on social media? Because most social media sites say you have to be a certain age to be on there, but there are kids as young as nine and 10 years old who are on social media sites that they shouldn't be. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's so much you can do. And, you know, my conversation is always, we have to arm people with information and the power to, um, to make decisions and not make decisions and not inflict restrictions. Yeah, for sure. Arm people with the information that they need. So we're going to end it on that note. Again, our prayers go out to those 17 families impacted by, and the entire community of Parkland, Florida. Um, Again, if our heart hurts here all the way in Houston, all the way in Wisconsin, I know that they're, you know, they're in Florida, they're, they're dealing with it big time. So, um, we lift up, lift them up in prayer, and um, and uh, yeah. So we'll end that podcast number thirty-one. Uh, coming to you next with some very exciting guests mm-hmm. um, that we've lined up. Um, I'm very excited for it. Um, starting to look at the podcast more as a, you know planning for for getting people in here to talk about topics that I think could be beneficial to to educators everywhere. And um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about where we're going with this. So, yeah, absolutely. Any last thoughts, Kyle? Uh, I, I got to just say on the on the last thought train, uh, spring break coming up here in about three and a half weeks. Going to be back in the H, and I'm excited for the uh, podcast we got to do it in person and the couple little day trips we're going to make and, you know, just some time with me and you and the Colonel to just wrap and, wrap and do our thing. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, so... You said rapping, so that means we're gonna have to get the colonel. The colonel. Oh, alive. the colonel's the colonel's gonna rap. I'm challenging the colonel to a rap battle, and, and we're I'm, gonna have and, to record it. Yeah, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge the colonel to listen to this podcast all the way through to make sure he knows that he's been challenged to a rap battle. 
<laughs> yeah, I challenge him to a rap battle. So oh, I can't wait I'll to tell him the later. Best ever. I'll make sure I'll tell him later on today when I see him at the gym. So yeah, we'll do. All right, sir. Well, everybody, peace, love, and respect for everybody, and continue to lift up Parkland, Florida, in your prayers. Peace. <laughs>